0: Motorcycle Men! Hello everyone, hello boys and girls, and welcome to episode 212 of the Motorcycle Men Podcast and another interview episode for your listening pleasure. Hey, the Motorcycle Men podcast is brought to you by Tobacco Motorwear, right? For the best in American-made Kevlar-lined selvedge riding jeans, shirts, jackets, graphic tees, and accessories, you got to go to Tobacco Motorwear at tobaccomotorwear.com. There's a special link for Motorcycle Men listeners who want to order from Tobacco Motorwear in the show notes and on the Motorcycle Men website at MotorcycleMen.us. Or you can also call Tobacco Motorware at 747-666-5741, and you tell Dave and the crew there that the Motorcycle Men sent you. Make sure you use that coupon code MOTOMEN when ordering. And also Scorpion Helmets. Remember, now, for the last 15 years, Scorpion EXO has been dedicated to offering high-quality, innovative motorcycle helmets and technical apparel at an incredible value. Some of the world's best helmet and apparel designers spend countless hours developing and testing Scorpion EXO products to ensure that each and every Scorpion EXO helmet and garment will surpass user expectations. So to learn more, you go to scorpionusa.com. And when you order, make sure you tell them you heard about it from the Motorcycle Men Podcast. And Shinko Tires, whether if you're riding a sport bike, scooter, off-road, dual sport, or a cruiser, Shinko has a tire to suit your needs and riding style. Without breaking your bank account. And if you ride a Harley, don't forget to give them a call. So if it's time for tires for your bike, make sure you think Shinko. So go to Shinko Tire USA. And also when you order, make sure you tell them the Motorcycle Man podcast sent you. All right. The Motorcycle Man podcast is supporting David's Dream and Believe Cancer Foundation. If you would like to help and be part of something that actually makes a difference to the people it affects, donate today. The David's Dream and Believe Cancer Foundation. Go to David's believe.org to donate. Links will also be in the show notes. Now, you all know, if you've been listening to this podcast for any length of time, you know that I love the Harley Davidson Sportster. I am a Sportster idiot. I don't own one, but I love Sportsters. What you may also know is that I love when I hear a story of somebody doing something with a sportster that most people would never do or is completely the most inappropriate bike for the job. Well, my guest tonight has been doing just that, and I just had to have him All right, joining me now, all the way from a little town in California—is that right, little town in California? Yes. Okay, uh, Mr. Drew Clayton, otherwise known as Redbeard the Kilted Rider. Drew, welcome to the Motorcycle Men Podcast. Uh, good to be here, sir. I am so glad you could join. When I first saw uh, your story and I heard about it, and I said, "Oh, I got to get this guy on." for a number of reasons. But briefly, why don't you tell us about yourself and what you do? All right,
1: um, my name's Andrew Clayton. I go by Drew. And um, I basically, uh, I took a Sportster, uh, 2017 Harley Sportster 1200 Custom, and rode it to uh, Key West, all the way up to Fort Kent, Maine, into Canada, came back around, rode all the way to California. And then rode it all the way to the Arctic Circle, to Dead Horse, Alaska, and then back to California. Wow. <laughs>
0: that was that was intentional, correct? Oh uh, Yes. <laughs> okay. I so, got lost. <laughs> you got lost? <laughs> so you've been riding the Sportster all around the country. So uh, just well, let's start like this. Why don't you tell us about the bike?
1: So the bike is a 2017 Harley Sportster that I bought around a year ago. I bought it from this uh, dealer in Pensacola, Florida. It's, yeah, Harley Davidson in Pensacola. And, yeah, basically bought it. I kind of just rode it around a little bit. I kept it mostly stock. Uh, I just changed a few of the suspension. I had to relocate the turn signals to be able to put some saddlebags on. And -hmm. I got this kind of nice tour rack. But um, when I got to California, I basically kind of went, I threw on crash bars. I took off. The stock exhaust. Put on uh, some Longbro, I think it is. Some Longboro, uh two in one uh, cooker headers. Okay. I just kind of slowly just started throwing my own stuff onto the bike when I hit California. Uh, okay, so pretty much though, it's still
0: stock though, because you really haven't done much as far. You didn't bore it out or anything, right? No, it's still it's 12- pretty much stock. It's, it's, uh, oh wow, ah, wow, cool. So why Sportster?
1: <laughs> uh, I like to say because I. What is it? Someone said it was a poor man's Harley because I didn't have uh, enough money for like a bigger one. <laughs> but I, I no. but the thing is, I also love the Sportster too. Like I like, I'm I'm six three, and the this one just came with good forward controls. It was at a good price that I liked. It was around only nine thousand for 2017 with only like three hundred miles on it. Really? Oh, that's yeah, great. It was, listen, you know, it was just
0: yeah. I don't I don't listen to anything people say about. It. I love Sportsters personally. I think I love, they're, too. I, they're great. I mean, look. It's got a, uh, it's got the Evo engine in it. It's mm-hmm. bombproof. It's <laughs> it's just a great engine and it's a great bike. I don't ha- I used to own one. I had an eight eighty three, a, uh, a ninety four, and I had that. The bike was twenty years old when I sold it. Yeah. The bike gave me no trouble at all.
1: So I, you you got yourself a good set of wheels there. Yeah, so, I love it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, its name too is uh, Doolahan Equifari which means uh, do I on the Iron Horse? Really? Say that again? Equifari. It's uh, Latin. Okay. It's Iron Horse. Oh, really? So, oh, yeah. that's pretty cool. You knew what I was wondering, though. Why didn't you put a windshield on it? I just don't like windshields. They, really? I feel like they get in my way all the time. so <laughs> I, I take th- a lot of video.
0: Oh, yeah. I, I, get, I get that. I get that. Because you, uh, so you got the GoPro, the Session, right? That's what you use? It's a GoPro uh, Session I, on the handlebars?
1: I did have a session, but then I uh, swapped it out for a um, a five because the session okay. was on was about to break. It was it was oh. about dead. Okay. So uh, I just swapped it out for a five and basically using the five on the handlebars and then a five on my uh, chin as well. Okay.
0: Yeah, because I see you have that on there. And you're right. A windshield would get in the way. there's ways around it, but I'm surprised at some of the places you've gone. We'll talk about that in a moment. You, you got to be cold, so. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta we're going to find out in a second. Now, you've been all over the country, and you even went to Alaska and the Arctic Circle. Oh, yeah. That with was that funny. bike on this trip. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about that portion of it? Like, wh- what was that trip to Alaska, was that like a last-minute thing, let me go to Alaska, or
1: was that planned? That was planned from, honestly, when I bought the bike, kind of, because I always... So, uh, when I bought the bike, I thought, like, um, I was in Florida because I was actually in the military and I had oh, okay. a year left. Thank and you. I had a big chunk of money saved up and I was like, okay, let's, what am I going to do when I get out? And I was like, you know what? I'm going to just ride my bike around. And I started, I had already ridden over there on a the Honda Shadow 750. Mm-hmm. And that's what I turned in and kind of got the Harley Sportster. Okay. And I just started looking up everything. And then I, I can't remember how I found this, but I found Dead Horse Alaska and it was in the Arctic Circle only. You can only go up one road. One up road. There and <laughs> the Dalton Highway. Like it's super, yeah, super dangerous, super, super crazy. And I was like, "Wow, that's awesome!" And I looked at the time I was getting out. I was like, "Oh, August. I could do that right when I get out. I just have to ride back to California, and then I could probably rebuild the bike a little bit more, then go up to the Dalton. And then when I got up there, all the adventure riders like, they saw me. They're like, "You're crazy, man. What are you doing on a Harley?" Like. Like you got street tires on. I was like, "Oh, well, I'm doing fine."
0: You, you didn't change out the tires before you went.
1: No, they were street tires. <laughs> no, did you have any trouble with that? Um, so I I would say no, but um, I guess if I was on, I can't really compare that because you can't like. So I have never been on an adventure bike, so I can't compare it. Right. So that's just I'm just used to that. I'm used to how the bike was feeling. So maybe I was having trouble. I just don't know. Oh, okay. <laughs> but you had no trouble handling the bike, right? No. no didn't I, fall. No. Wait. How yeah. how many gallon tank does that thing have? It's got it's got a five, doesn't it? Yeah. It's uh has a four point five. Four point five. Okay. And then I had two uh, extra gallons on the back uh, with a little little gas tank. It was it held up real well. Okay. So how many, how far were you able to
0: go? on a full tank then
1: uh 300 miles oh okay. and uh, the thing is it took me a long time to figure it out because um the dalton there's a section where there's 240 miles between gas stations <laughs> and before i was only at 200 miles and i was like oh i gotta figure it. and how i configured the bike what i could not get a gas tank to fit on it i was freaking out and then i found these uh roller racks or something they're like super thin gas tanks and it holds two gallons and i was able to shove it in between all my stuff and it got me to that 300 miles I needed to get the dead horse. Wow! Did
0: you run out of gas like along the way and then have to fill up again, or did yes. you? Oh, you did. Mm-hmm.
1: That's what would happen. You'd run out. I, I felt it like my gas light was on. I was going, I was feeling it. I was like, okay, I got to pull over because I'm running out of gas. And I put those other two gallons in, and I could make it to dead horse. Now, how would you feel at that point? Like the bike runs out of gas. Here you are, and I'm looking
0: at one of your videos now. When you're in there, and it's like barren. There's nothing. And your, oh, your, bike, your bike runs out of gas, and now you gotta hope that there's yeah. gas in the tank that you're gonna fill
1: up. With. So yeah, it, it's kind of that, uh, that's one thing I thought about. Like I thought about the one way that I, when I was going over to the gas is like it could have screwed me if I didn't have the cap on, <laughs> and there was no gas in there. I'd be done. Because there is there, the other guys I was talking to actually went along with me a little bit. Yeah, um, we're talking how barren it was out there. How there's nothing out there. How it's just basically you and a few truck drivers it's just, it's insane. But, um, so originally I went there with two, uh, one other guy, he was on a BMW adventure bike. Right. And on the, I like my, um, when I told my dad this story, he thought it was hilarious because he started, he started making fun of everyone who rides an adventure bike. Cause, uh, on the day we tried to get the dead horse, like around six bikes attempted to get there. Only I was the only one to make it on a Harley because everyone else had turned around. Really? um, (laughs) Yeah. So there's a lot of stories I have on the Dalton because the first day, so we took it like we were trying to do two days to get out to Dead Horse because we were going to Goldfoot because we knew someone there and get a room there. And Eden was the guy with me, and we're riding along, and he hit a pothole and he hit it really bad. Like the potholes on the Dalton are just gigantic, and. I'm having to hit some because I can't avoid them. Right, he he can't avoid them either. But he hit it, and he had spoke tires. And we're like looking at it. We didn't really see anything at the beginning, and we just drove back to a cold We got Coldfoot then that night, and then his buddy came out. And we started talking to him, and he was looking at his bike, and he's like, "Hey man, what's wrong with your rim?" And how he was smiling, we thought he was he thought he was screwing with us. And we looked at it. We looked at my buddy's bike, and he had bent the front rim of his tire. Oh, like bent no, the front no. rim, and it was um so it wasn't it, w- it was tubeless and it was just bent and we were like freaking out about it and wow. i'm going to try to make this story quick but that's okay sorry be- because we uh he started freaking out thinking he needed to replace he wanted to replace the rim before he kept going because he didn't want to turn around he didn't want to get a ride back from dead horse so the next day we heard from a bunch of truck drivers and other people who were working at coldfoot there's another bmw i have this on footage too there's a bmw down around 80 miles down the road that someone had abandoned out there because the guy got in a, uh, a crash. Yeah, he his insurance paid him out, so we left the bike out there, <laughs> and we we took a truck and drove out there and found this bike that was it was sort of stripped, but it had a lot of good parts on it and had the rim. So we took that bike <laughs> and we put it on the truck and we brought it back. And he started working on it, and turns out it wasn't the right rim. But he 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 took it back to when we went back to Fairbanks. He sold that, but that was a few days later. Because he said he's just going to risk it on his bike yeah, and try to get the dead horse. And so that day, these other riders beat us, kind of. They went forward ahead of us, four of them on adventure bikes. And me and him set out. And we get to uh, the pass. And I don't know if you've seen the video where it's a blizzard. But... Uh,
0: I started to see a part of the video where there's snow falling. And that's why I stopped yeah. because I was getting ready for your call. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So I, I got... Um, So the Dalton was pretty beautiful that day. It was fine. It was sunny. And then we get into the pass, and uh, the pass dropped down to 22 degrees (laughs) up into the mountains. And I had heated gloves, and that's all I really needed, so that was saving me there. But he only had heated hand grips, so that was killing him there. But we started going. It started snowing pretty bad, and we're like, okay, we're doing fine. As long as the road doesn't get too crappy, we'll be fine. And we kept going, and then we bumped into the other adventure riders coming the other way. And we, we stop and we start talking to them. And they're like, turn around. It's it's terrible up there. It's nothing but mud. And they're like, just don't even try it. And then they looked at me. And He's like, one of them looked at me and said, You're on a Harley? And they started looking at me. They're like, And you have a kilt on and you have street tires on. What are you doing? And they just started kind of. It, it sort of made me a little mad because I was like, Okay, well, I'm, I'm definitely making it now. Yeah. But, um,. <laughs> They said, you guys just want to turn around. You don't want to risk it. And my buddy got a little scared about it. He's like, yeah, maybe we should turn around. I was like, hey, let's just go another, like, 20 miles, check it out for ourselves, and we'll, we'll decide then. Yeah. And so they, they drove back. We kept going, and it got worse. It became a full-on blizzard, hitting right. us on all sides. The road's mud, and every time a truck drives by, it sprays us with mud. And we're like, it's just terrible conditions. And – He started feeling his hands getting cold, and it turns out he actually had – he had slight frostbite Uh. at that point. He had – and then – so we split our ways there because I said, I'm going to keep going because I'm not turning around yet. Right. And he goes, I'm going to turn around because my body's kind of feeling bad. And he turns around, and he told me his story later. He had uh, ripped into the plastic of his handlebars to grab onto them to heat them because uh, his hands got so cold. But since he had done that, he couldn't feel that his hand – like the difference of temperature because his hands were numbs and so he burnt his hands as well trying to get back to camp so he had when he got back to camp he sent me a picture of his hands just frost uh purple but then with a burn on his palm he got he got messed up pretty bad but wow i rode that rest of the day and when i hit when i got over the mountain pass and i hit kind of like that flat area there's nothing but potholes and that's why i named it the iron horse now because it just slugged it out with the road for like a hundred miles, and nothing but potholes, just sitting there, just da 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 da. I was only going thirty miles an hour or two, so it took like around four hours. Oh, well, I was going to ask you that. How fast yeah. were you going? You probably couldn't go uh,
0: too fast because of the gravel,
1: right? Yeah, it, it was just terrible, and I kept telling myself, "What am I doing?" And then I finally, <laughs> finally got back to the, um, finally got the dead horse, and I went to the wrong motel because I was, I was going to stay at the the campsite because I. So one cool thing is how they run their little um, camps up there. It's all I ran by one guy, Mm -hmm. and uh, he hires a bunch of people, and if you know someone there, they will give you a discount of friends and family. So I got a good good rate on this motel, and I get to the wrong one, though, and these guys are laughing at me. One was like, hey, man, you know you're not supposed to wear pants under a kilt. And I just looked at him, like, just (laughs) exhausted. He's like oh, I guess that look just means I uh, shut the F up, right? Yeah. I was like, oh, yes, sir, please, just, just where's the motel? And they pointed me in the right direction. I finally made it to the right motel. And, yeah, and then then the problem was getting out of Dead Horse, which I was freaking out about that day.
0: <laughs> you, you, what, because of the weather?
1: I was looking at the – so the condition of that day was all rain, all snow, and I was like, crap. I was looking at the weather, and it kind of looked like the same for tom- the next day, and I was like – Man, how am I gonna get out of here? It's gonna be I'm gonna die trying to get out because I'm already half dead here. And but luckily, so the next day I got a I just went on the tour, jumped in the Arctic Ocean, had all that fun. Mm -hmm. And I I left kind of late. I left around one o'clock because I had to go to the general store where they have that whole this is like the end of the highway or whatever in the Arctic Circle. Turned around and went out, and I was expecting the worst, but it actually turned out to be one of the best rides I had in Alaska because it was clear, it was sunny i saw all the mountains i just flew my drone everywhere i could took Great. a bunch of pictures when, when i went through the pass it was nothing but snow but it wasn't snowing on me it wasn't muddy and i could see the whole mountains all the mountains around me that was it was just it was incredible wow. it was it was it was the best day of riding i think i had uh, on that trip so
0: with regard to the dalton highway and that whole trip how long did it take you from the point i guess i guess you left anchorage is where you left from is, is, that, where, is uh, that where you started
1: no, I, I, got, I left Fairbanks. Oh, well, we Fairbanks, Fairbanks, I'm sorry. I, yeah, we left Fairbanks, and then it was a day to get to um, to Coldfoot, and then we spent a day there trying to get the bike,
0: yeah. to go
1: get that bike, and then the next day we left to uh, Dead Horse. So that was the third day I got to Dead Horse, then on the fourth day I went back to Coldfoot, and on the fifth day I went back to uh, Fairbanks. Wow. So it took five days of getting in and out of that place. And how
0: many miles was that round trip?
1: Maybe close to 900. Wow.
0: Yeah. <laughs> must have been, That's like 450. That must have like, been brutal. Oh, my God. But yeah, your bad. little
1: sportster kicked ass the entire way. Yes. Didn't have any pro- – on the Dalton, it didn't have any problems. Didn't have any – yeah, nothing. Like, no no engine problems. But all the problems happened in one week, At like right before I got to California. But I it wasn't the sports' fault. It was all my fault. All the part, all the things were me. Oh, really? <laughs> I, yeah, I blame oh, them all on me. Do tell. <laughs> so I hit White Horse, and one, one got one guy even had told me this. He said you should have been carrying an extra belt with you because when you go on gravel and stuff, a lot of the times Harley's will chew up their belt okay. if it's been worn a lot. So I had twenty like three thousand miles on this belt, and I lost a few teeth, and I could feel it slipping. So I stopped at White Horse. To find that their harley dealership was closed oh. and i was like crap what am i gonna do so i got in contact with a harley dealership down in um vancouver and they were gonna airship me a belt and it would cost it would cost a little more but not too much it's like okay this will work but it turned out it was labor day weekend and i couldn't i had to wait there for four days and i wasn't gonna so this, so this is what i did i i usually camp out and since I wasn't going to sleep, uh, I wasn't going to pay for any motels, I slept in a Walmart parking lot for four days waiting for this belt to come to me. And eventually came to me, and then I had to take apart the bike in a Walmart parking lot and then throw the belt on and then start riding again. And then to, like around 500 miles going south, I had a hole in my exhaust then oh. because I had heat-wrapped my exhaust. Yeah, I saw that. I had, saw the
0: picture. Yeah,
1: and it rusted in there, and a hole came out. So that was all my fault. That's 100% me. That's not the bike's fault. That's me doing stupid stuff. (laughs) And so then I kind of, like, apologized to the bike that I did the belt and that. And one more thing happened. Oh, yeah. And right at the end, like, so I'm at, like, 13,000 miles on this. And then finally, when I'm getting on the ferry, the suspension just just finally goes out. Yeah, the suspension finally gave out. Now, that was the stock suspension? This was actually a different, it was a burly suspension because oh, I put a yeah. higher suspension on for the Dalton. Right. It was uh, 13 inches instead of the, uh, like, a, what is it, 11 and or 12. Okay, right. And then I was like, um, but now I put the stock extension ba- suspension back on and it's actually really, we've been looking at it. And it's actually pretty hefty, the stock suspension for the Sportster. So we threw that back on and it's doing <laughs> good right now. So, well, how many miles do you have on this bike now? I'm at like 25,000
0: right now. And you got it with three hundred miles. Yes, last wow. year, last May. Now I saw that on your site you were you were embarking on this seven
1: was it seven thousand mile trip you were gonna do is that is that what it was supposed to be? So I had to break it up. Oh, okay. So this this is all because of the military because when I was in the military I had two months of leave right. built up, and I was about I was getting out in August so I was gonna try to take two months of terminal they said I couldn't do that It could only take one month and I had to get rid of this one month of leave. So I put in this whole thing of, I'm going to ride this whole loop to California and leave the bike there and then fly there and on my terminal ride to Alaska and back. And they all um, freaked out on me. I had to take this chit to 10 different people. And then I had to, I had to end with the CEO to bring it to them to show them. And they were like, oh, that's awesome. And then just signed it. And then I was good to go. Did that trip. Flew back to Florida. Finished out my time. And then flew back to California Then went up to Alaska and back. And now I'm here.
0: Oh, that's I'm fantastic. Still,
1: I'm, I'm still not done, though. I still got to fix a lot of the bike, and I'm going to ride down to San Diego and then ride back up here, and then I have a lot more planned for the next year. So.
0: But now, well, uh, you, what uh, service you in? I, I think you were in the Navy, weren't you?
1: Yeah, I was uh, I was a Navy corpsman, so I was working at a hospital right when I got out. You were stationed and, in Jacksonville? Uh, no, Pensacola. Oh, Pensacola. I'm sorry. Yeah. Wow. It's, it's not, yeah. I was stationed at Camp Pendleton before because I was greenside. And I was working over there at uh, CLB 15, Camp Pendleton, for three years. And they sent me over there for a year to Pensacola. Wow. So served okay. five years, though. It was it was fun. No, Yeah,
0: I, I had my four and a half years in. I was a squid, yeah. too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know what it's all about. So, when you say chit, I know what you mean. Yeah. yeah. Been there, done that. Um, I hate that. <laughs> all the signatures you have to try to get just to get your, your yeah. leave. I get it. Yeah. Yep. So, now... Now, I saw a video. You're watching your thunderstorm ride.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you want to tell us about that? That was actually my second time getting stuck in a lightning storm. The first time was in Florida because Florida has inclement weather. No. And, uh, it, yeah, it, it came out of nowhere. It hit me. And it was kind of the same thing, but not as many strikes in front of me. I was just seeing it jump in the clouds, and it was really fun. I get too exhilarated in those, and if you hear me scream, I have fun because mm-hmm. – I, I, I try to make the best of my awful times by, yeah, <laughs> but um, in that video, I was in, I just got over the, can- the line from Canada to the U.S., I was in Washington, and I'm sitting there at this Walmart parking lot, I was thinking about trying to bum it somewhere, like find a campsite or something, and I look off in the distance, and I'm seeing all these flashes, and I'm like, yeah, I don't trust this, I, I'm going to go into the Walmart, I'm going to go see if I can find a motel, and try to ride to it. Went yeah. to the Walmart, and I can't. And I was hearing the lightning when I was in the Walmart, and I came out to just <laughs> psh, it being crazy, lightning going off everywhere. I'm like, yeah, I gotta get out of here. And I had one guy. I put I posted the video on Reddit, and he. He flipped out on me. He was like, selling me I was an idiot for doing that. That I left shelter." And I was like, "What do you want me to do? Sleep in the Walmart?" I, I'm like, "Traveling. I can't. I can't stop." But he was flipping out on me. He was calling, saying I was like, "Full of full of the SHIT And I was like, "Okay, man. All right." And I I just don't I just I don't like just sitting around when I'm having a problem. I try to at least solve it. Yeah. And yeah, some people, yeah, it's just like that. But I loved it. It was fun. I'm just happy I'm not dead. Yeah, yeah. We'll get to that in a moment. <laughs> so, okay,
0: let, let's attack the elephant in the room here. So, you are the kilted rider, and that is because you actually wear a kilt. So,
1: yes. Why a kilt, and well, just why? <laughs> so there. That's a. That's actually a funny story. So when I made the YouTube channel, it was like a year ago. I wasn't even thinking about really doing anything with YouTube. Yeah. And I just typed. Just typing in a bunch of names. I remember my high school nickname was Redbeard, and I was like, "Oh, Redbeard, that sounds good." And I was thinking, "What else could I add to that?" And so, you know, growing up, I, um, I I would always go to Highland Games, and I had like uh, my family has like uh, ties back to Scotland oh, okay. or with uh, Royal House Stuart. That was our clan moniker. So I, I knew about all that, and I have my. Uh, it's not even a real kilt. It's a utility kilt. It doesn't have my tartan. Doesn't have my clan moniker or anything right. like that. I've seen the utility and, kilts.
0: They're actually pretty
1: cool. Yeah. Oh, and there's a lot of kilt police out there, too. They're all like, you can't have pants under that. And I'm like, well, okay, I'm still wearing it. Just call it a skirt. Don't think it's a kilt. And, um, yeah. It, so, I, so I had not worn the kilt on a bike yet, though. And I was starting the channel. I had, like, maybe 60 subscribers. And one guy typed, man, I want to see you in a kilt. Like, make a video with you in the kilt on the bike. I want to see the kilted rider. And I was like, okay, I'll try. And so I made a video and it was on the Pensacola beach and in this video i actually get stuck on the in this so i pulled off for a second and i try to get out but when i'm hitting the throttle i'm going further into the sand get stuck in the sand i'm like well pff, crap and i'm in my kill and i'm sitting there and some half so these ladies run up to me in skimpy bikinis running at me and they First thing they say, the guys that are with them are like, boy, what are you doing? And they're laughing at me like, you can't make this up. This is hilarious. There's a guy on a kilt on a motorcycle stuck in the sand. <laughs> and they helped me get the bike out. And this is all on video. And it's hilarious. But, yeah, it was just funny. And they helped me get out. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is awesome. But the kilt, and I thought, like, hey, the kilt's good luck. And so I just started wearing the kilt when I uh, crossed the country. And I was now it feels I kind of feel naked without my kilt when I'm riding my bike. Well, it's
0: weird. Well, on that note, did you wear the kilt all the time, even when you're not riding?
1: Um, so when, I, when I'm on my rides, I usually have the kilt even when I'm not off, off the bike because it's habit. Yeah. But when I'm just at home, most of the time, no. Okay. Normally, I wear my kilt when it's um, – normally, kilts are made for ceremonies and stuff. But okay. utility kilts it's kind of like an everyday thing. Okay. I wear it sometimes. Yeah. But I wear it mostly when I ride now because I like it. It's fun. <laughs> well, I
0: know this question's probably been asked to you a million times, and I know people are wondering: Is how do you keep it from blowing up when you're riding? Oh, well, I just let it blow up. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you said you were wearing pants underneath it.
1: Uh, sometime. So I wore pants. I put the pants on when um when I first started in Florida. It was actually kind of funny. So. Whenever I start a leg of my ride, I paint my face, like uh, as a with pick war paint, okay. which is the old way, way, way back in Roman times when the, the pick like people say, oh, it's Scottish war paint. I'm like, no, it's it's pick because um they were the they were the people the Romans built a wall for because they were that crazy, okay. but they would paint their faces and run to battle naked and stuff. So I would paint my face and then I would wear the and I had nothing on but the kilt and then my leather jacket. And I was in the barracks in Pensacola, and I'm like, now I just got to get out to the bike without anyone seeing me. Because if someone saw me, they'd be like, what the hell? They'd blow up. And uh, I made it out to the bike. I got on the bike, and I rode off. And, yeah, I, for the first couple of days, I wore it without a kilt. I had to go through a few rainstorms with that, though, and it, it sucked pretty bad. <laughs> so after a while, my legs were taking it, and I was like, you know what? And I had a rock hit my knee, too, and I was like, that that sucked. Mm-hmm, so I was yeah. like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to throw back on my pants and just wear the kilt over That'll work, and then people still like it. They see it and they're like, "Oh, that's awesome!" And they come up to me and talk to me about it. But now I get a few people on my post or like on Reddit or on um, Facebook like, "You're not supposed to wear pants under a kilt." <laughs> I'm like, "Okay, if you want to be the kilt police, that's fine." <laughs> no.
0: What about cycling tights? Have you ever tried that underneath that?
1: I actually haven't. No, you someone should, told me about them. Yeah,
0: though. because they because they, they hug the skin and they're 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 like almost wearing like. They're compression basically, and it goes all the way down to your ankles. They zip up on the ankles, and it's just well, that might be something you might want to think. Of. Uh, <laughs> just a thought. Now, the next big question, you know, after riding to the Arctic, I, I did see one of your videos, and it's a big question right across the top of it. Is like, how are you not dead yet?
1: <laughs> that with that one, that was actually funny because I was riding in New York in forty degree weather, where it was, and it rained on me for six hours straight. And he asked and the guy at the end of the video goes, How aren't you dead, man? You're like I was like, I don't know, man. I'm just suffering from hypothermia, I think. <laughs> Honestly, half the time it's just I just half the one reason I think I'm not dead is because I don't stop and I just keep going until I get to a safe spot. Like like some people go, like, why don't you just stop and camp? And I'm like I think to myself, I'm like, I feel like that's a little bit worse. I feel like I'm worse off if I just if it, if it's crap. And if I stop and camp, yeah. I feel like I'm worse off then. Yeah.
0: You've been putting yourself in a different situation then. Uh, as far as it goes for your gear, I mean, would you wear a leather jacket and stuff like that?
1: I wear a leather jacket and then some very hard, like very uh burly rider pants. But when it's inclement weather, mm-hmm. I always had these slip-ons for rain. Yeah. But yeah, after yeah. they got, they keep getting, they always were getting destroyed. So I just bought some $100, $140, like full-on rain pants. Yeah. They're pretty high quality, so they do good. And then I just have this rain jacket that does really good too. Oh, okay, cool. I get you. But yeah, get and then you. I have my heated gloves, and they oh, work out. They dude, I tell you what,
0: man, the heated gloves like saved my life. I love those yeah. freaking things. You know. So now you your reaction, I, you already told us some of that, but but you're, the reactions that you've been getting, well, a, well, from, a first of all from the Sportster, generally because now you're riding now around the country on this on a Sportster, which generally most motorcyclist or most people think that a sportster is not something you do that with. But I am a firm believer in it's quite appropriate to do the most inappropriate thing with the most inappropriate motorcycle possible. Yeah. And you know, <laughs> and you're doing exactly that, which I really appreciate. So what kind of re- responses are you getting
1: from people? People will say like, how do you do that on a sportster like I don't know, they 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 just they think it's crazy that it's on a sportster but I always remind myself there's always someone crazier like yeah. there's someone there's someone who's done Argentina to the dead horse Alaska on a 50cc scooter like so. and yeah. then when I'm when I'm riding one thing that really amazed me is I saw at least 20 su- bicyclists in the middle of the Yukon in the middle of like when I was in Canada like the, I first started seeing them in Canada in the middle of the Yukon middle of nowhere some guy riding his bicycle with all the stuff on yeah. and I'm looking at him like where are you going and when I started talking to Eden, he talked to a few of them. Like some are going all the way down to Argentina, some are just like, and it takes like a three year, three or four years to do that on a yeah. bicycle. And they're they're going out on like the they're on the Dalton too. And I'm like looking at them, I'm like, oh, well, I, I think what I'm doing is crazy. <laughs> these people, these people are the monsters. They're yeah, they're, like they're they're monsters. They they're going out there for years and doing it. And it, it blew my mind. Yeah. Oh my god. I mean, look, I, I've I've interviewed people who
0: have ridden. A Vespa from Cape, uh, uh, what do you call it? Cape Town, South Africa, all the way to France.
1: Oh, man. And so, and I'm thinking,
0: like, wow. So, when to, when you look at the fact that you're riding a Sportster around the country, that's nothing. You
1: know? Yeah,
0: it's it's it, it isn't. It's not. I mean, and it's 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 perfectly good bike. Look, you're comfortable on a bike, and it works for you, right? Yes. Right. Um, and what kind of? Re- I guess you are getting some reaction on the kilt, obviously. But both together, you're getting more of a reaction. Now, especially yeah. from especially from motorcyclists, I, I really wonder what that's all about.
1: They look at me and they're like half the time I don't think they know what to say because it's it's just a super oddity. You get this guy with a like who has all his red hair but with a kilt on, it coming up on a bike that's super loaded up, and a lot of reaction I get is people say you you have too much stuff on your bike, and I'm what? like, well. Yeah, so a lot of people have told me that and I'm like, and then I explain to them that I'm carrying like all my stuff. I'm basically living on the bike. I'm yeah. carrying my laptop, my video equipment, my uh, all my camping equipment because I sleep right next to the bike. All my food, all my water, all my gas. You know, they they still just freak out on me on like that, but <laughs> I don't know. I I just do my own thing, and people are just I don't know. They just they're always befuddled about it or something like they don't they're confused they're like like, what are you why they're like (laughs) why i like that (laughs) i'm just i'm just being me this is this is the drew clayton way of doing stuff there you, you go what do you do for food so most of the time i have a jet boil with me so i can cook mac and cheese and top ramen in that yeah and uh whenever i go like if i go through a town i usually try to pick up like a bag of carrots lasts for a while so that's something good but peanut butter sandwiches are good um beef jerky's good and then uh whenever i like so i i can get off of that most of the day and just, just off of snacks but i try to at least eat one big meal a day yeah. so like either something i could cook or i go to a fast food restaurant whatever is easiest <laughs> like sometimes i sit down and eat but i try to stay some, as cheap as i can that's my main goal yeah of
0: course do you do uh, coffee or tea while you're camping
1: mm, most of the time no because really? I try to save, I try to save the jet boil for, um, like my food. Most oh, okay. of the time, it's just it's straight up mostly Gatorade and water. That's half. That's most of my hydration. Really? Did you use a? Uh, Did you use a Camelback? People told me I should, but I've never. I haven't really used a Camelback because, because really? they tell me you could do it without riding, but half the time when I stop. I always like to be doing something, so having to go drink, having to eat kind of helps me move around, and I feel like it helps me. Having the reason, like, oh, I need to stop to drink gives me more time on the bike because it, All right. it loosens me up.
0: It, it gives me a rest. See, I would have thought that with a yeah. Camelback, because you just got the tube, you just got to put it in your mouth and just suck yeah. the water in, and that might be mm-hmm. easier, but, uh, you know, a lot of people, uh, that's what I do when I go on a long ride, but I'll have yeah. the Camelback with me, um, especially when I'm cycling, but you know you, you think about it it's it's a gallon of water on your back
1: yeah you know
0: but you get used to it after a while But now as far as it goes for your your, accom- your, your accommodations <laughs> that's camping all the time right it's all camping
1: or do you or have you pulled in a hotel from here and there I have so I have kind of a rule with the thunderstorm I had I pulled into a motel let me think did I pull in any other place I so in the Arctic Circle So when it was in conditions I didn't want to camp in. Yeah. Like when I was at Dead Horse and I was dead, I I went to a motel. (laughs) Coldfoot, we had a really good deal. It was like maybe thirty bucks for both and I was sharing a room with someone, so we did like fourteen bucks. That ain't nothing. So I was like, okay, fourteen bucks, fourteen bucks. And we were just making it off of that in Coldfoot. I'm trying to think of that one other time I took a motel because I think I did. I can't remember though, but most out of those thirty five days. I think it was like 35, 36 days I was out to Alaska and back. I, I think I only took like one or two motels. and That's only when conditions really were bad. Wow.
0: Now, I guess mostly, now, were you uh, free camping anywhere, or were you just actually going to campsites?
1: So um, I, I set up hobo camps, and um, I actually, <laughs> I've only been chased off once, and it wasn't bad. Like, I only got chased off once. That I was in Vancouver, and that was because uh, it was out of – so I, I go to churches. Well, if the Walmart has overnight parking, I'll sleep there. And if I'm not in a town, I'll – when I'm out, not in a town, I try to re- – because I try to be careful. I try to buy campsites with that because a lot – up there, there's a lot of different wildlife and stuff. And I didn't want to mess around yeah. me with that. I even had to be an electric – we had to be an electric fence one night because of the grizzly bears. Like, they had an electric fence in this campground. Oh, geez. but But one – so, yeah, my, my way, if I was in a town, I'd find a Walmart – uh, sleep, just basically sleep right next to the bike with just a mat and a, a, my sleeping bag. And then churches are good, but I got chased off from this one church because he was real cool with me. It was raining that night. It was Vancouver. So I threw up a hobo tent. Like, so I just take the tarp, tie it to my bike, throw it down, stake it down. I sleep under it. And he came up and was like, sir, hello, excuse me. Like He's real polite. And I, I stuck my head out. I was like, oh, hi. What he was thinking was probably some like methed out homeless guy. Like <laughs> he, you could tell he was afraid at first because right. he thought it was probably some like guy, like some crazy homeless guy. And when I came out, was nice to start talking to me. He was like, oh, OK, cool. We just need you to leave now because uh, I told him the whole story. Like, how oh, I was in the rain last night just trying to find a place to throw down and be safe and he was like oh it's fine fine so just pack up right now because we just have some kids coming in i'm just making sure they're safe over here that there's no one dangerous and it was just cool <laughs> like, he wasn't mean or anything i was like oh that's nice man
0: it's kind of ironic that you'd stop at a church and they chase you off
1: <laughs> <laughs> i've never been chased off on a walmart <laughs> that's right <laughs> that's i find that quite odd really
0: Now, as far now now here you are doing all this riding. What about what about like showering, bathing, and stuff like that? Did you was that an opportunity at all? Well, you did so, jump in the Arctic.
1: Yeah. So um, <laughs> one thing I, I do. Uh, truck stops are really good for showers. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gyms are really good for showers. But um, some days I just don't shower. Like I think my so the mo- okay. I think the worst, the longest I went without a shower was in Whitehorse, just sitting in that parking lot because I couldn't go anywhere. I was kind of stuck, oh, no. and. Um, I think I was like four days, but then I finally, I went to a gym. I walked to a gym and I took a shower there and that felt like way better. And then I just go to laundromats to do my laundry. Like on a day, I have break days. Like I go like, so today I'm going to find a town. I'm going to do my laundry. I'm going to do my shower. I'm going to go on my computer. I'm going to upload all my stuff. Yeah. And I just sit up, that, that, That's I try to break it down like that. Oh, that's good. That's good. And if, and if I do ever hit a motel, no matter how tired I am, you're like, I'm like, you got to do laundry. You gotta take a shower. You gotta do all that.
0: Yeah. That's things you need to do. <laughs> that's, yeah. That's fine. So, now, why don't you tell us a little bit about your, your vlog and the equipment that you
1: use? So, uh, I use basically just two GoPros and a drone. And What drone do you have? I have a DJI Spark. Okay. It uh, shoots in 1080p. I've never had a drone before, and so I bought it like a year ago. And I bought it because it was cheap, never had a drone before, wanted to try it, and the thing's really awesome. I actually flew into a river by accident <laughs> at one point. but And the thing is, I, ju- I, I jumped into the river to get it, and I pulled it out, and it flew again. It just I just had to replace the GPS unit, which was like 40 bucks, but I did it myself. And it flies just as good as all I ever did. And I'm like, wow, this thing's durable. Now I was watching and one of your
0: videos, and it, it does it have a follow mode on it? Yes, it does. Oh, because that was pretty cool. Because I, I saw you riding your motorcycle,
1: and it was just trailing you. And I thought that was pretty damn cool i've only done that once because so the drone is very drones are super awesome because they use gps and they they remember where they take off from yeah so he actually lost the drone lost me in a second so it lost me and sat there and was like okay what do i do now and then i I was i was i was turning around trying to get back to the place it was like okay i'm gonna go back to where i took off from and started flying back to where it took off from i was like because I was freaking out cuz I lost the footage I was like oh no don't 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 be di- don't be flying off and dying <laughs> and as I'm flying back I saw the drone trying to land it was actually landing on the road I'm like oh no 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 so I rode up and grabbed it and pulled off but it, it's actually really cool it d- has a lot of features to try to keep itself from dying basically like it'll fly back to where it, it tries to get its signal back yeah one one time though I had it freak out on me and a guy was watching where it got possessed and that's because I was stupid. I didn't let it. I didn't let it get its coordinates as good, so it was trying to get a signal. Yeah. But I just took off, and I started flying, and I was flying towards these mountains, just taking it, sh- going over this lake, checking it out. It's real. It was one a really awesome shot. And I don't know where the drone started twitching like this. So I was like, okay, okay, what's going on? And then it entered sport mode, and I was like, okay, what's going on here? Because it, it's doing what it wants, and it just turns around. So it's flying super fast towards me, towards these trees. I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. So I stop it and it basically stops at the tree line and then slowly goes into the tree line hits a tree and falls down. And it survived. And I was like, wow, this thing... I just had to replace some... Uh, Blade. Some of its rotor. Yeah, some of the blades. But it scared the heck out of me. And then I, When I was looking over everything, I was like, okay, that's what happened. It, it didn't have a signal. So it flew super back trying to find its signal. And then... <laughs> it flew into a tree. it was crazy like you just have to be careful
0: because i've been thinking about getting one and the DJI because it's obviously one of the cheapest ones out there yeah. and 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 the 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 video that you're getting from those things was fantastic i was looking there at are, some of the
1: stuff you were getting i'm like wow and that's only and, 1080 you can get like the 800 dollar one that can shoot 4k it's like the same size and it's they're monsters what's they're awesome. the
0: the phantom is something like 1800 bucks or something like that the, that's a yeah, that's a huge one but yeah. I know what's great about that one you have is, like, it folds up pretty small. Right? It's, like, maybe
1: this big. Oh, yeah. It's that's like, not, yeah. Maybe about it's six, eight
0: inches long, yeah. That's and great. And I just put
1: it in a box. I put it in a little box that protects it, put it in a slouch, and it's super easy. Oh, yeah. It's awesome.
0: So now you got your, uh, your, your, your vlog that you do. It's the uh, um, Red Beard the Kilted Rider, and people should go and subscribe to that right now. So, but how how can people? What what else do you have coming up? Do you have anything else special on your vlog? That you're going to be doing <laughs> in the near future. So, oh,
1: I have good and bad news. I'll start with my <laughs> bad news. So, okay. um, my bad news. Actually, I actually had to make a video about this to let people know. So, my one of my external. I have two external hard drives. One's a two terabyte. One's a four terabyte. My two terabyte hard drive had my me crossing over the. Um, the country crossing the country right and i was just getting to my footage of me going into yellowstone going over the salt flats and seeing everything right and it was the best part of my trip and my so the the computer i have is held together by duct tape pretty much it's it's a piece of crap and it's holding together barely <laughs> might be time for a new group. yeah and that's what everyone tells me because and this might actually have forced my hand because it had an unexpected shutdown when my hard drive was connected Oh. the hard drive cut and when I try to connect the hard drive again it turns on but no matter what I, I did all the troubleshooting I could not get it to go so I was like I, I spent four hours a few nights ago trying to figure it out and I was like oh no please don't let me lose this footage so I was like you know what I'll take it to someone who's smart so I took it to Best Buy and I took it to a computer repair shop and their estimate they gave me they can save the data but they have to send it to a lab to open it up right. and their estimate was 400 to $1,500 and I was like it blew my mind. And I was like, oh no, oh no. But then I talked to another computer guy, and he said he thinks it's going to be the 400 because it's working completely fine. It just can't connect. He thinks it's nothing big. And the Best Buy people didn't think it was anything big either. But $400 is still a lot of money. And then I looked into um, what my plan right now is I have a buddy who works with computers and he builds computers. Right. I'm going to take it to him, see what he can do and if not try to figure out what I got to do with that hard drive but I'm trying to save it so right now I'm just going to start making my vlogs for my Alaska ride and back down to here so that was my bad news and it really kind of screwed me up because I felt really awful about it
0: right but um, well,
1: I can understand that yeah yeah but my future what I'm planning is uh so in a week, I'm going to ride down to San Diego just to see a few people I know because uh, some people are deploying who I know, and I'm, I just want to see them before they're gone. Right. And then I'm going to ride back, and I'm going to be here for around three months. I'm going to I'm going to get like a full – kind of a little small part-time job for, for three months just trying to work full-time, make up some more money because mm-hmm. I've saved a big chunk of money up from the military. It's around $25,000, and I'm going to ship the bike from uh, basically Los Angeles, uh, ship it by um, – by sea to Perth, Australia, and I ride the bike from Perth, Australia, down the golden like down the coast to the, the east side, up the Golden Coast to Darwin. Ship it from there to South Korea, ferry it to Japan, ferry it to Russia, ride across Russia into Sweden, Norway, Denmark, to the UK. airship it back to uh, the US, like Nova Scotia. or order no, to sea ship to Nova Scotia, mm-hmm. ride down the east coast, and then ride back to California
0: wow oh man that is that's awesome oh my god i that's holy and crap I, that's quite I, an I'm, re-
1: I'm rebuilding the bike right now pretty much to try to accomplish this
0: oh don't
1: mess up that engine <laughs> the engine's fine the engine's completely fine i'm just like i'm kind of rebuilding not i'm not touching the engine i'm just doing the clutch doing uh basically just oil change. i'm I'm trying to replace like the throttle cables. I'm replacing everything but the engine. The engine's fine. Yeah. The engine's done fine. get, get a little else, windshield. Do to something.
0: Get a little sport windshield. Just it'll make your life. I so have a much.
1: windshield. I just well, don't use it. Well, put it on. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Everyone <laughs> it'll, tells me it'll, that. It'll, it'll well I'll tell you what. I've ridden both with windshields and without and I will never go back to not riding without a windshield. It's just it yeah. what a massive difference. You don't have to I used to have well my sports store I had, I had a ninety four and I had a sport windshield on it. It's they're a little narrow, and it only came up to like when, when you're looking through it. It only came up to like maybe my maybe my nose or my chin. It was like right on there, but it was enough to remove that pressure that you feel on your chest when you're riding. Yeah, and it's and that re- that removes a lot of fatigue. So something you might want to consider. As far as it goes uh-huh. for your computer. You may want to consider a, uh, not that I'm plugging these people that I work for them or nothing like that, but a Microsoft Surface. Hi. That's what I've been using uh, for, for doing these interviews, for example, and it's flawless, never have Hi. a problem with it. And I, and I use an external hard drive all the time with it, so it's, it's a great thing to think about. So Just thought I'd throw that out there.
1: Um, so how can people learn more about you and follow you, what you're doing? Basically just I have my YouTube channel, my Facebook, and then my Instagram. My Instagram is DrewClayton78. Mm-hmm. My uh, my Facebook's Redbeard the Kilt Rider. My YouTube's Redbeard the Kilt Rider. And I, I basically just post all my stuff there.
0: Great. That's about uh, it. Let me see. You have right now uh, you have a little over a 11, 11, little over 1100 subscribers on your channel. We need to get that up a little higher. Hmm.
1: That's what everyone keeps telling me. Yeah, we
0: we (laughs) got to get that up higher. So uh, we have uh, all of our listeners will go to your channel and subscribe, and that will push you at least well over uh, (laughs) 1,150. Nah, just kidding. Um, But, yeah, definitely do that. Check that out. I think everybody should do that. I think what you're doing is absolutely super interesting, and the fact that you're doing it on a sportster is even better. I like that much. Um, Any last comments or advice to riders thinking of wearing a kilt or – Riding a sportster around the country.
1: Uh, <laughs> don't buy cheap crap. Don't buy the cheap stuff. I buy expensive so it doesn't break later on. That's one thing I'm going to say. Yeah. <laughs> I bought cheap stuff and it broke on me. Right. You br- it breaks when you need it the most.
0: That's great. Yeah. Hey, spend spend the extra money and you'll be fine. But, uh, well, I'll tell you why, Drew, I really, really appreciate you coming on the show and telling us about your story. I encourage everybody to go and check out Redbeard the Kilted Rider on YouTube and on Facebook. And, of course, Drew Clayton on Instagram and subscribe to all that stuff and just follow what he's Watch his videos. Some of this stuff is really cool. So, actually, it's all really cool. But uh, especially the Harley in the Arctic trip. That's really, really cool. But, uh,
1: <laughs> Drew, I want to I thank saw, you. Every- uh, yeah. What's that? I just have to get to all the editing of that section. We'll see, though. (laughs) I look forward to seeing that. That would be great. Well, thank you very
0: much for joining me here on the podcast, and uh, I'll let you know when it's all up and running, okay? Thank you. Thank you for joining me and Drew, Redbeard the Kilted Rider. You can learn more about Drew Redbeard on YouTube. Just search for Redbeard the Kilted Rider on YouTube. And you can find them also on Facebook as well. Links will be in the show notes and on the Motorcycle Men website at MotorcycleMen.us or and on the links page. So don't forget to check out our fellow podcasters, YouTubers, and bloggers and vloggers whose links you will find on our links page. All of these media outlets and many more out there do great things to promote and encourage the sport that we take part in as much as we can. So from Tim Buck 2, Chris the Joker, Justin Shoes, and me, Ted Wrongway, your host, thanks for listening to the Motorcycle Man Podcast, where we say stupid crap so you don't have to. Enjoy your ride, kids.